Hey you, yee you, click the subscribe button. You are listening to the Ill-Advised Wise Guys podcast, starring Uche and QDZ. Yo, 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 yo. We are the Ill-Advised Wise Guys. It's your boy Uche. I got my boy QDZ for Sheezy. It's way too easy. A.K.A. Mr. Steal Your Spaghetti, A.K.A. Widow's Peak Bandit, A.K.A. Uh, uh, Happy Black History Month. <laughs> What's up? What's good? Happy Black History Month. It is, man. <laughs> Yo, you should say that multiple times over, man. I, I like yeah, that. I like starting the episode off like that. I really do. All right. You know what yes. I mean? Anyway, uh, yes, this is episode 117. Shout out to the gang. Shout out to the Wise Gang. <laughs> We appreciate y'all for showing back up um, and supporting us each and every episode. As always, uh, yeah, man, we got a special guest in the building. He goes by the name DJ Dramos. Say what's up, bro. What up, y'all? How you doing? Awesome, man. Can't complain. Can't complain. Uh, some of you all may it. actually uh, know. Actually, you can complain. That's We can you're right. It's That's like a 20, good point. That's a good point. 25 degrees outside. <laughs> yeah. Super ashy. Hey, <laughs> it depends where you live, though, right? Like, if I'm living in Cali, am I really complaining about the weather right now? But you're not in Cali. I said, so I said if. <laughs> Come on, man. Follow me. But uh, no, anyway, you're right, though, man. Um, yeah, but some of you guys may actually know DJ Dramos from uh, being with The Breakfast Club, um, sitting next to DJ, DJ Envy. Uh, taking some of the slander from from the from the folks in the room, uh, but now he has his own podcast called Life of a Gringo. Yeah, man. Yep. Hey, what's up, man? How, how's life treating you, man? How's everything going? Yeah, everything is good. I'm I'm, I'm blessed. Uh, podcast life as a gringo. You know, what I'm saying we we doing it. It feels good. I do it twice a week, and um, it's been a, a really good response thus far. A lot of really, really cool projects kind of coming down the pipeline. So it's been a, a really nice kind of transition, you know, since leaving the, the Breakfast Club and to move it on to my own ventures. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, uh, I've been, I've been kind of tapped into what you're doing on YouTube. I like your vlog style. You know what mm, I'm saying? Thank you. It's like uh, very YouTube-esque, Jake Paulist. Mm. You know, it's, okay. it's what the folks are doing. Like if you're on YouTube sure. and you're not really doing vlogs, I really feel like you're not doing it right. Honestly, hmm. but any, yeah, but I mean, then again, gotta, everybody has their you own. You know the platforms. Everybody has their own swag too. So some people do it, some people right. don't. But yeah, man, right. I like what you're doing though. Appreciate you. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. That is man. Dope as hell. That is dope as hell. So how many episodes are you in so far? Uh, of the podcast, I think I'm at 51, 52, mm. Mm. something like that. We we so drop twice a week, every Tuesday and Thursday. So it kind of adds up pretty quickly. But it just launched. Um, End of, of like July 2021, so we're, we're only a few months in, you know, half a year uh, into doing the podcast. Mm, mm. And response has been, I'm, I'm sure the response has been great. Like, you Yeah, know. response has been dope. It's, it's been opening up a lot of doors for a lot of different projects that I'm really excited about. I can't really speak on them yet because they're not solidified, but it's been opening a lot of doors that I've been dreaming about for a long time. So it's really just such a, such a blessing. I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful for, for the opportunity I got and, and everything that's leading me towards. 
Oh, that's dope. That's I awesome, know, man. I know, I know what he's talking about. Yeah, he's talking yeah, about yeah, man. Like, he's gonna be commentating the Super Bowl about hey. ten years. <laughs> yo, that's the big announcement, Dramos. Come on, Tony Romo nah. and DJ Dramos. Yo, yo, give us the exclusive, man. That's why you here. Nah. <laughs> we, we, we ain't there yet. Maybe, maybe one day, but we ain't there yet. Yeah, probably next year, right? Next Super Bowl, not mm. this one. Come exactly. on, it's too soon. Yeah, right, right, exactly. Give me, give me some time. You know, you know what I love about the podcast name is you. You know, I feel like you are letting people know you are unapologetically Latino, right? So, yeah, yeah. You know, is that something that you try to sprinkle in into the podcast a lot, or? Yeah, it, it, it's kind of like you know stepping into your own authenticity and using the thing that people tried to hold against you. You know, what I'm saying mm. the one thing that they tried to make you feel embarrassed about or ashamed about. Um, you know, turning that into your your power, you know, into your superpower. That's why I always say your authenticity is your superpower at the end of the day. And um, it's very much like Eminem and Eight Mile. You know what I mean? Like when when he dissed mm. himself before the dude got a chance to diss him. You know, and it's like he took yeah. away he took away man's power at that point. You know what I'm saying? So like, mm-hmm. what can you say to the person that literally is embracing? all the negative shit that, that you would say about them. Like you can't touch that person at that point, you know? So that for me, relax. that's what, that's what it was. You know, I would, they would hang that over my head when I would go back home to Puerto Rico to visit family. They would call me a, a gringo cause I was born in the States, you know? And mm-hmm. uh, they would say it as a negative. And now I'm turning that into a, a check and into opportunities that I've dreamed about. Love it. That is dope. I mean, not even me. I call myself widow's peak bandit. Cause mm. <laughs> when I was a kid, they used to make fun of my widow's peak. So I was like, okay, mm, right. I'm gonna flip it. I'm right. a flip it. I'm the widow's peak bandit, and they still make fun of me, so it's all good. <laughs> you gotta own it. Though. You, you gotta, gotta, like, you gotta embrace it, it, man. Embrace it. Right. It's like you know uh, the rapper Kyle, right? Like his whole thing mm-hmm. was smile because he has a snaggle tooth that people mm-hmm. used to make fun of. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like, I think I think he got it fixed actually recently, which I was a little disappointed. But <laughs> um, but he he like got like a gold like he got a gold tooth of his snaggle tooth like put put that put the gold on his snaggle tooth to even make it that much more noticeable. You know, at one point. So like exactly. he's embracing the the thing that people would you know hold against him and and making that you know his his brand double down and d- double right. Yeah, man, we see we it. see examples yeah. of it all the time, man. I'm I'm mad when uh, people like Anthony Davis cut his brow off. Now we can't call him right. the brow, you know. Like, imagine if right. James Harden cuts his beard off. Wouldn't that sure. Wouldn't that suck? Like, would he Would yeah. he lose his superpower? You know, like <laughs> is that what would happen? Would he no longer be you able to score? The, you ever seen the pictures of him without the beard? It looks so weird. <laughs> it like, looks like, weird. It, it's two different people. <laughs> I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Hey, hey Dramos, I, I want to get more into yeah. your background, but we, we're going to uh, intro the show real quick. You know, if you yeah. guys are watching this on, uh, I'm sorry, listening to this, and you want to see the video version of this episode, check us out on Patreon. Link will be in the description. Uh, as always, uh, you know, oh, and uh, more recently, we've been pushing our Zero Skips Pot, uh, uh, Spotify uh, playlist on, uh, on on Spotify. So if you're an up and coming artist or somebody who just is really into indie music and you want to hear top tier music from people you've never heard of, click that description in the bio. Go right to the playlist. But after you listen to this episode, not not now, because you know we want you to hear the rest of this conversation. Mm. Uh, you know, and also you know just. Keep keep supporting us, you know. Like this episode, subscribe, share it with somebody you know. You know what I'm saying? That's really how we've been getting our our, our podcast out there and, and generating buzz. You know, it's really word of mouth, grassroots type type movement. So if you want to be a part of the wise gang, meaning you're wise but you're also a little ill advised at the exact same time, 
hit that subscribe button, man. I really, I really think you'll you'll enjoy the show. Q, you got any announcements? Yes, sir. Check out ratingsgamemusic.com. Personally, what I think is the best song and album review site, but you know, I'm biased sometimes. But you know, we got new reviews, a two chains new album, Dope Don't Sell Itself with a title, right? That's a serious dope title. album. How, too. how do you even promote an album like that on like advertisements? Hey, check out <laughs> Bro, Two Chains. Dope don't sell Bro, itself. Dope, but, dope is a metaphor, man. It's not right. real dope. Duh. But uh, did you hear the album? He's not talking about actual dope. <laughs> okay. Come on. He, he is talking about actual dope. What are you talking about? Do you know how many times he mentions he dealt drugs? But yeah, yeah. we got the album review that. We got uh, Yo Gotti dropped an album, Free Game. It's a side A and side B. Very good album. Uh, he's, he's a lot of knowledge. You got an album review on that. And we got all these other singles that came out. So check us out. Ratingsgamemusic.com. Absolutely. And uh, make sure you guys follow us on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Again, links will be in the description. Uh, so here's what we're talking about today, guys. Mm. Joe Rogan and Spotify are in a mess right now. Show sure you guys, if you're not living under a rock, you know what's happening. We're going to break it down a little bit more, give you guys our opinion, where we stand one way or the other. Next, we're going to get into the Super Bowl, right? We know that's right around the corner. We don't know when you guys are going to hear this episode, but hey... We're going to give you guys our prediction, and uh, let's make a little friendly wager on this episode, maybe. You know, like, <laughs> who, whoever's wrong, you know, we're going to have to figure that out as we discuss this, right? Uh, next, we're going to get into, uh, you know, who's your, who's your favorite feature yeah. artist right now? We know J. Cole been yeah. running the charts. He's been going crazy for a few years. He's probably high on a lot of people's lists, rightfully so. Uh but I think that is the part where we can really open up this discussion and, and really talk about some people who really been killing features as of late. You know, some people more so than others. But first, let's hop into let's hop into uh, the DJ Dramos conversation again, man. Dramos, I know. Uh, <laughs> like I said, I've been keeping up with you on on YouTube, just kind of checking out your content. I noticed mm. that you, you know, your entire, I would say catalog of videos has has come from a, a, a very authentic point of view in my opinion and, and it really starts mm, from appreciate that from from the first video that i saw of you which was why you left the breakfast club you know uh-huh. like the title was just so raw and and so just unbelievable i was just like wait what the hell is this guy possibly going to say and so without right. telling your story i i just you know i just kind of want to hear from you again like you know what what gave you that kind of courage to really like take that that leap of faith to leave the, leave the breakfast club and uh, really stand on your own two feet with what you got going on right now. I mean, I think at the end of the day, you know, I had been kind of wrestling with, with feeling like I wanted something else, you know, for the better part of a year, probably even prior to, to leaving, you know? And I think that um, I've always trusted my, my gut and I just, I just felt like, you know, I wanted more, you know what I mean? And, and I think, you know, being there, you know, you know, what, the, where the ceiling is essentially you know what i mean like i know it's it's their show at the end of the day you know and uh you know there's there's no lane you know for me to be anything more than just kind of a, a supporting character you know and and of course like they've that's they've earned it they've been doing it for 10 years you know what i'm saying like i'm not i'm not mad at, at that at all you know but for me i gotta do what's best for me and what would make me happy you know and, and you know at that point you know the breakfast club wasn't something that was making me happy anymore you know i wanted something more for myself i i feel like i have a lot more to offer than just being you know some side character uh on the show so you know it was time to kind of better myself and 
and give myself the the free time and the the free space to kind of see what else was out there and to continue creating and, and see where it takes me you know I love that. Yeah, it's all about growth. I, I, I love that answer. Yeah. I love it. You know, I think a lot of people are naturally afraid to take leaps of faith and bet on themselves. Sure. You know, I feel like, right. you know, it's it's kind of to the point you were discussing earlier about even the name of your podcast, right? Life of a Gringo. Mm-hmm. Embracing negative stereotypes, embracing who you are. If you know yourself, just right. bet on yourself. You know, it's, it's so hard for people right. to do. So, I mean, like. You're probably a work in progress like the rest of us who who, who sure. strive to have that light. But like what would you say is like one of the key things that you tap into that allow you to like even have that perspective when you're even creating those those videos on YouTube and on just your podcast when you're giving your opinion? How do you what gives you that confidence to really tap into that authenticity? I just think that I know that when I the times that I've expressed myself authentically and I've removed the filter and I've been raw about my experiences or how I'm feeling, those are the moments where I truly begin to connect with people. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the beauty of social media is you can kind of see it in real time when you put out a piece of content or when I was doing my IG lives every day and I could see that when I was truly just speaking from the heart, like that would be when it would start to resonate with people, you know? And for me, like that's my goal. I want to I wanna connect with people. I want to inspire people at the end of the day to – to, you know, push themselves to be better versions of themselves. And the only way to do that is to truly, you know, uh, be unapologetically yourself, to be fearless, you know, to really walk in your own authenticity. That's the only way you're truly going to make impact on people. And if that's your goal, you got to, you know, not be scared of looking dumb. You got to not be scared of of being judged by others. And, And not to say that I'm totally like, you know, impervious to that and that I don't have moments where I doubt myself or where like mm-hmm. I'm a little nervous, like, oh shit, like what if mm-hmm. this person hears me say this? You know, what are they gonna think of me? Like, of course, but you know, little by little it becomes easier and easier. And again, when you understand that the work you're doing is for the greater good, you know, mm-hmm. it's easier to kind of, you know, find that that kind of internal courage inside of yourself to really just be be honest and understand like, yo, this is gonna this is gonna help somebody. When I'm real about mental health, when I'm real about you know, my finances and, and how I had to overcome certain, you know, obstacles when I'm real about what I'm feeling, it's going to help somebody. And that's the mm. most important thing at the end of the day. And I think it's, you know, what's interesting about uh, what you said, it's mm. not only jumping, you know, ship to, 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 to grow and yeah. do other things, but it's jumping ship from what a lot of people consider a great situation with the breakfast right. club. That's even yeah. harder, you know? Sure. Um, so it's like, and then another thing that's also hard, I think from your perspective is that, you know, you're speaking for a whole community, right? You know, there's people that definitely see you as an idol. There's going to be mm. people that see you and say, Hey, he looks like me, mm. you know, and I want to do something just like that. And so, sure. you know, my question would be like, what is some of the, you know, lessons learned, since you know you made this decision what are some of the things that you're like ah you know that yeah. didn't go as well as i thought or like you know some of the things that you 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 picked up i mean i think first and foremost the lesson is i was right you know what i'm saying like i was <laughs> i was right in betting on myself like talk your I'm, talk your talk your shit that's what i'm saying talk your <laughs> shit yeah right but I, I mean i don't even mean it in like you know like a cocky way. i just mean like i'm happier yeah, you know what i'm saying yeah, like regardless yeah. Of, of anything else i'm happier you know what i'm saying like i'm doing what i want to do every day you know like i don't have the same kind of stresses you know that i had when i was doing the show and listen i had a lot of fun doing the breakfast club it was a dream come true like literally something i spoke into existence you know but like anything else in life i think you know life is all about evolution and growth and at some point in time i'm going to outgrow that role you know that's just mm. you know inevitable you know so i think that you know obviously you know 
you have the fears of like, man, like if I leave this, will anybody give a damn about what I'm doing? You know what I'm saying? And um, and of course, you have a little bit of that, you know, and if, and, and, you know, the fears of like, you know, oh, but it's a cool job. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of access to this and that. People look at me in a certain light because I'm a part of it, you know, but when you begin to break all that stuff down, it's like, yeah, but that's not me living for me. That's me living for impressing people outside of myself. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, like, is that really what I want to be living for? Because people think I'm cool because I get to be in a room with celebrities and just sit there. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, mm -hmm. that, that that's fun and all for a little while. But, like, what does that actually mean? Like, what am I actually doing, you know, for myself? What is, what is you know, what thing am I doing for my own fulfillment? I'm just sitting there looking at celebrities and taking pictures with celebrities. Like, who cares at the end of the day, you know? that mm -hmm. That's not something that I think on my deathbed I'm going to be sitting around like, man, I'm so grateful <laughs> I got to be in the same room as Will Smith. Like, nah, that's cool, <laughs> but, like, hey, that, that's nothing to really brag about. That's not my accomplishment, you know, necessarily. Like, I'm not Will Smith. I'm not Charlemagne interviewing Will Smith. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm mm -hmm. I'm the dude who's in the room because I work for The Breakfast Club, right. you know? So it's just mm -hmm. getting real about what I really wanted. You know, like, what, what type of legacy do I want? What actually genuinely makes me happy? Now, of course, you know, when that stops, you're going to have people who switch up on you. You know what I'm saying? People who yeah. you who you thought really messed with you or who people you thought you were cool with that, you know, you kind of notice, ah, I don't hear from that person as much, you know, or that person's a little slower to return my texts, you know, um, yeah. you know, these days. And, and that's, that's cool. You know, I think at the end of the day, that's also a blessing in disguise because it really shows you, you know, who's real in your life. You know what I mean? Like who actually is deserving of your attention, who's deserving of your time and the effort that it takes to maintain a friendship, you know, or a, mm -hmm. a partnership or, or whatever it is, you know? So, I mean, again, all those negative things to me are, are, are blessings, in, in disguise and of course you know you're gonna have those moments of self-doubt that i make the right choice you know um are the haters right all that all that kind of stuff but again i'm forever grateful that i, I chose to bet on myself and you know I, i'm very happy right now at this point in my life like you know i i wouldn't go back you know if, if they like yo call me tomorrow hey can you come back it just wouldn't be something that would would make me happy mm. Mm. yeah vision i mean yeah. faith there's right. several words that you can peel from it. faith Sure. Faith in yourself. Bravery. Vision, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. uh, resiliency. A lot of it. Because, you know, there's going to be a whole bunch of stuff that come out from that. So, yeah, that's that's interesting. And I think, you know, uh, kind of furthering the topic, I know earlier I saw a poster of a uh, big pun on your wall. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, just the the whole Latino rapper community, which I do think is underrated. Completely. Sure. Because in my in my view, Big Pun was one of the best rappers I've ever heard in my life. You mm. know, some yeah. of the flows that he had, uh, the Absolutely. lyrical content. So, how do you feel about like kind of the 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 in the hip hop community, the Latino right. uh, presence on there? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the same way I talk about my podcast, just kind of reverse. Like we exist in the gray area in hip hop as well, you know, mm. because I think, you know. It's like we're we're allowed to kind of have a seat at the table because many of us grew up in, you know, in the same area. You know what I'm saying? Like you talk about somewhere like the Bronx where Big Pun um, is from. That's predominantly black and Hispanic, you know, black and Latino. And, and that's where, you know, uh, I spent the earlier years of my life. You know what I'm saying? So, like, we, we grow up door to door, next door neighbors to one another, you know. Um, but and, and we grew up around the same culture. But, you know, hip hop is often thought at, of as strictly black culture and everybody else is kind of just um you know getting a pass to participate in it you know and i think that mm -hmm. they're first of all if you just go historically when you talk about legendary crews like the rocksteady crew you know when you're talking about the history of hip-hop what makes up hip-hop the mc the dj the the graffiti writers the break uh, the b-boys you know what i'm saying like a lot of those b-boys the break dancers that were back in the in the bronx when it all started like were puerto rican you know what i'm saying like people mm -hmm. like 
crazy legs like there's a history and a and mm-hmm. a connection there and a kinship that we all have you know um there's a reason why black and brown is such a popular tagline you know what i'm saying it's just because yeah. certain experiences are very much um you know one in the same you know uh and, and shit if you can you can go political and societal issues, you know, man, the the idea of police brutality is an issue in the Latin community, just like it's an issue in the black community, you know, mm-hmm. um, and black people are part of Latin, Latin community. You know what I'm saying there are Afro Latinos, you know, with, with mm-hmm. African descent, you know, those, those mm-hmm. ships, if you want to go really far back in time, they landed in, in places like Puerto Rico and Cuba, just like yeah. they landed mm-hmm. here in America and Jamaica. Yes, you know what I'm saying? Like, look at the food, you know, Jamaica's food. If you look at it, it's similar qualities like you know the the, the platano the you know the sweet plant and all that yeah. kind of stuff like it's all shared there's a reason for that it's not by choice it wasn't somebody stealing it it really is like the the diaspora the african diaspora really spread out you know all over the place you know so we have this kinship and that's like a long way of kind of saying like you know even with that history mm-hmm. we tend to not get the same level of of respect or acceptance you know and somebody like pun who you mentioned is probably one of the greatest lyricists of all time you know but doesn't get brought up in a lot of those conversations and granted he passed away pretty early on i feel like in his yeah. career as far as when you're talking about he when he became yeah. that guy mm-hmm. you know but even look at somebody like Fat Joe, look at the longevity of that man's career. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're talking from the 90s till today, he's still relevant. You know what I mean? So that that's a rare thing to say about any artist, regardless of what race you know or creed they are. You know what I'm saying? Like, to have that kind of longevity, yet do you really hear people talking about Fat Joe as one of the greatest of of all time? You know, and then yeah. no, even talking don't. about... Right. Yeah. And even talking about Latin rappers, the, the daddy Yankees of the world, the bad bunnies like, yo, mm-hmm. bad bunnies surpassed Drake as the most streamed artist on Spotify in the entire world. You know what I'm saying? Like not. Mm-hmm. And that's not just mm-hmm. Spanish speaking people. So it's like, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people are, are kind of like, you know, brushing that off. But that's a huge deal. That's that's showing you, you know, that the the buying power, the crossover potential of our music, but also just, you know, a skill level that I feel like a lot of people will write off just because it's, you know, not in, in English or they can't understand necessarily the the words that they're hearing. I love I love that. I love this combo, man. You bro- you broke yeah. you broke that down very, very eloquently. I mean, there's so many layers to even what you just said. You know what I'm saying? Because I because I'm. I- Go ahead, Q. You you had a follow. Sorry, I was going to yeah, say because go go I let's let's be real. Yeah, go ahead. I'm guilty of that too. We all. You know, are. I think sure. that we're all guilty of it. Like right. you know, for me, I I talk about top 10, 15, 20 rappers. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, I do forget to mention Fat Joe's mm-hmm. in the world, the big puns of the world. You know, I think right. we're all guilty of that, and I think you know, acknowledging it. You know, it's funny. Every time I go to New York, which is my favorite place to visit. Not mm. necessarily. I can't live in New York. I'm not gonna lie. It's a fast <laughs> place, but it's my favorite yeah. place to visit. And I'm like, anytime I see a black person, or I'm always like, oh, they maybe they have some Spanish in them or yeah. Hispanic in them. You know, right. I'm like, I know they may have grown up because a lot of a lot of the rappers even today, like I believe Fabulous is half mm-hmm. Cuban, right? Um, or he has some Cuban in him. Cameron yeah. has some. Joel Santana, Jim Jones, like a lot of these rappers actually have that in them especially in new york and so right. it's it's interesting a lot of times that stuff doesn't get brought up about the impact um right. you know hispanic people have on the hip-hop community right um, well probably because that's, that's viewed as like you know that would hurt their credibility you know what i'm will. saying mm. so like mm. exactly so it's like you know why would fab talk about his latin side or whatever you yeah. know what i'm saying like the, yeah. the person I think it was like is Noriega, you know what I'm saying, who really like b- really was trying to bridge that gap, you know what yeah, I mean? And like and he did, you know, but um, he was smart enough to realize the, the crossover potential that could happen, you know. But 
um, yeah, I think that from a marketing and like PR standpoint, it was smarter for them to not associate with their Latin side at all and just kind of be, you know, uh, viewed as 100% black. It's, you know, it's, it's so crazy to me um, that, you know, at this point, I think in America, Mm. Uh, there's more Latino people than black people in America. Mm. <laughs> you yeah. know, that is a market to like tap into. Right. What is the hesitancy of people trying to tap into that market? It's a, it's a I, huge market. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the census numbers, we're growing. I mean, there's predictions mm-hmm. that the Latino population will outnumber the white population in the coming years, you know, in this country. So it, it, it's a growing, you know, demographic of people, you know, we're out here. I just think that, I think culturally, many of us, especially those who immigrated here, your first, second generation, you know, I mean, I'm sure you guys could could relate to this to a degree. I know we talked off mic that, um, you know, you guys are from what uh, was it Nigeria, you said? Nigeria. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I think many times first generation, you know, parents who come over here, they're in survival mode. You know what I'm saying? So they're really just trying to build. They're trying to, um, you know be be quiet and not draw too much attention to themselves you know what i'm saying out of fear of not being accepted mm-hmm. or not out of fear of not having you know the the same level of opportunity you know in this country you know so i just think when you pass that down a bit it's like you know many many latinos in this country kind of held back on being forward facing you know speaking out against the things that are important to them out of out of that generational fear that was was instilled in them and like you know be you know um you know don't be seen don't be heard type of thing you know what i mean like Mm. don't bring any Mm. attention to ourselves it's only going to bring trouble you know so i think that you know my generation is is you know of the first of really saying like nah like fuck that we're we need to have a seat at the table you know (laughs) our stories need to be told um they need to be shared and and their stories that you know people outside of latinos could also relate to you know i'm saying it doesn't have to just be for a latin audience Mm. you know and and I just think, you know, that, that's just time, you know, little by little, yeah. you know, people being more comfortable with with using their voice is going to kind of start changing a lot of these narratives we've seen. Yeah, I think I, I think agree. you I think you make a good point. And so with that being said, I really want to get into your background and uh, sure. you being DJ Dramos, because, you know, there's a ton of people called DJ and they don't actually DJ. You actually sure. DJ, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. And so uh, yeah. from the ex- exact perspective, you just talked about how like there's so many so many gigs in hip hop from a B-boy to DJ to MC to all these different things that happened from the beginning of the genre. What made you want to get into DJing in the first place? I just think, um, you know, for me, it's a love of music first and foremost. You know, I'm, it's more of an obsession with music and you know, I, I originally was probably like trying to rap. I was doing trying to be an R&B singer when I was super young, like, and I can't sing. But you know, all these different things you tried out when you're a kid. You're, you're you know, like played drum. You're like you. You he can't yeah. he can't sing either. <laughs> I can sing, but it's right. cool. Okay. Who's counting? Who's counting? <laughs> right, right. Um, but <laughs> but you know, and then you know, I started playing drums in bands and things like that, and I got to travel a bit with that kind of stuff. And when that ended, it was just still that hunger for wanting to be involved in music more and more. You know, so. DJing was something I'd always been interested in. I mean, I'm sure like most people, I grew up watching like the Fresh Prince, you know. So you look at somebody like DJ Jazzy Jeff, you know, yeah. um, that that was just like probably the first person I saw as a DJ, you know, and mm. you know to recognize what a DJ was. And you know, I had been getting into it a little bit. People like DJ AM, seeing kind of how they were spanning different genres and things like that. And then when the band thing ended, it was just kind of like, all right, let's like head, you know, go full force into this. Um, 
And, you know, from there, I was, like, working at my local guitar center. I was getting the discounts on the gear. I was getting the knowledge from people who were actually doing it. So I would go on Craigslist and find any private party somebody was hiring for, and I would email them, and I would DJ, you know, random, random stuff all throughout New York and New Jersey. That's crazy. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, and so that's kind of – and then, you know, from there, you start meeting people little by little, work your way into the clubs and to radio and everything, and that's kind of how it all, you know, started. Yeah, I always found it – I find it fascinating just in general, like, how – Roles in, I'll, I'll say hip-hop in particular, just because that's what we're discussing, at least for right sure. now, like how roles have right. kind of switched from the beginning to now, whereas in the beginning, the DJ was the man. Like, right. it was, like the DJ was the star of the show, the MC was mm-hmm. like an aside, and then right. the MC kind of morphed into having more of a vocal role to sure. becoming the star of the show, and the DJ became background noise, if you will. Like, typically, right. like when you go to like a show, you know, uh, your favorite artist or whatever, there's a DJ on the stage, but the focus yep. is never on them at all. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to when you go to mm-hmm. other cultures, like let's say in the Caribbean, um, yep. you know, the Caribbean, uh, Jamaica in particular, with, with reggae music, they have the whole history mm-hmm. of the selecta, right? And right. how that right. that's actually... They've, they've, I feel like Jamaica has, has more... more uh, they're probably the only culture that has stayed true to what the original form of hip hop was, where the DJ was sure. the star of the show, right? And it's right. and it's not a coincidence to me that the some of the forefounders of hip hop are actually Caribbean, right? You talk about DJ Cool mm-hmm. Herc, you talk about the African right. Bombada. I don't know, I don't know exactly where he's from, but in particular, Cool Herc is actually from the Caribbean, right? So taking that mm-hmm. inspiration of him being from yeah. the Caribbean coming to this country. And being one of yep. the four founders of it, it's kind of dope to see that. So I always like when I see people who are DJs, that's like a, a you're like a the last of a dying breed, man. I feel like <laughs> you really are. Like, it's it's crazy. Like 2022, if you want to be a DJ, I'm looking at y'all like, wow, yeah. like that's you got to be right. super passionate about that. So that's dope that uh, you still do it, though, right? Yeah, I mean, not as much as I used to. I've kind of been getting into a lot of other other things, you know, especially kind of with the pandemic that, yeah. that made me shift focus a bit. But um, yeah, I mean, especially if you're DJing hip hop, you know what I'm saying? For the most part, you're going to be a background character. You know, I think it's a little bit different in the um, the EDM world. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're more forward facing. Mm-hmm. You know, they're mm-hmm. like the, the rock stars of their genre, you know, and, and a lot mm-hmm. of them produce the music that they're playing as well. So it's a little bit different. Um, but yeah, I mean, with the exception of people like maybe like Lil John is still that guy, you know, because he also has like that MC ability as well. It's true. Um, and I, and I know Just Blaze does like you know his own kind of concert type of thing when he when he DJs somewhere. So yeah, if you're not one of those dudes and you're trying to get into specifically hip hop, you're probably gonna be you know a, a background player. You know, absolutely, man. I mean, I think the bigger thing is like you know the fact that you kept DJ in your name. You know, mm. I think <laughs> since you know like if you think about personally listen yeah. i don't have an issue with dj academics i don't have an issue sure. with them at all but you know a lot of people i think after they saw him get popping and they see dj on his name right they kind of now just think dj means something completely different you know? <laughs> you know like i think most people would say i personally haven't seen dj academics actually dj <laughs> right but I mean, I can't say you know you see you Me see neither. the name in there so nowadays when i see dj the name on there 
Yeah. I tend to forget the person actually is a DJ. Right. <laughs> right. Like I DJ, think... DJ Khaled, too. No, you're right. You know, like, right. Like right. Which I, I have seen Khaled DJ, but it's not as often. <laughs> Me too. But, Me too. Um, but, and he actually is, you know, he's like a dope DJ. He, he actually, he did put in the time, uh, you mm-hmm. know, before just being the guy yelling over songs but uh Mm -hmm. i think for me i always placed a lot of respect on calling yourself a dj you know i think when i first Mm -hmm. started i didn't call myself like people like oh you're a dj like no you know i'm I'm trying it out or whatever but like it took me a really long time to feel like i was like you know um in a space where i I had earned the right to be like yes i am a dj you know Mm -hmm. so uh Mm -hmm. i I view djing with a, a great deal of respect you know and it's it's really kind of the launching pad for every single thing that i get to do right now like djing has really provided me with with my life you know so i'm forever grateful to the craft and, and everything like that so i just i think about it with utmost respect you know if only oh, if only people that's put dope. you know respect on the craft of rap and all these other aspects of music <laughs> i feel like those things are like diminishing at this point it's like yeah. the way you speak about with with high respect for djing we should probably put respect on other aspects of music but we you know society doesn't yeah. really do that we we call anybody a rapper now oh like this they, right. they 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 had some words on a song oh they're a rapper now no they they said some words on a song and i don't respect yeah. them yet but maybe if right. they like get better then like i'll put some respect on the name you feel me yeah yeah sadly <laughs> being a rapper has become the thing that like Somebody who has developed clout for something, being a rapper is the way they can monetize it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, and that, like, like the bad babies of the world, the catch me outside girl. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I've got all this clout and this attention, but what can I do? What product can I create? What service can I render? I'll just become a rapper. You know what I'm saying? And like, mm-hmm. and that is kind of what what tends to unfortunately happen in this sort of fast food social media culture that we live in. It's a damn yeah. shame that rap has become a. It's become a lick. It's be, just become mm-hmm. a get rich quick right. type venture if you will you know it's like oh mm-hmm. damn what can i do to make some money you know i'm just gonna rap like right. why is it why is that the thing why can't people get into business why can't you well, get because, into right. other things like that's what about the craft of it all you feel me like sure. that's that's the sure. part that's i think dying away is is putting yeah. but i will say though like with that being said although I, i'm for people getting into music if you want to try music go for it you know but that's right. why i feel like at the end of the day like the top rappers in particular will always be the people who can spit right mm-hmm. like the people who can actually rap will always be considered that top dude because they actually have that respect for the craft and people put respect mm-hmm. on their name as well you you, you get what yeah. i'm saying so if you're playing the long game you have to put in the the work at some point you know i mean but like even somebody like Lil baby i mean when you hear him talk about how he got started it was like you know, paraphrasing here, but he was that dude as far as like in the drug game in Atlanta that everybody knew, you know, he was that guy. And they were just kind of like, yo, you should try rapping because you're just that dude, you know. And, you know, to his credit, he did. And he's one of the biggest artists in the world right now, you know. And it seems like he has put that effort now into his craft, regardless if you like his music or not. I mean, he's he's top tier right now. You know, he he, he seems to be putting in the the effort to to actually have a real career in this, you know, in this lane. Yeah, I agree. I agree, hundred percent. Q, you wanna you wanna start the episode? You wanna get into it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good conversations. Let's, Absolutely. Let's, let's do a deep dive into this Joe Rogan Spotify. First topic. Mm. First, very first topic. Um, you know, as you guys may have heard, uh, there's some artist, country artists. I heard Neil Young, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. that's pulling their music off of Spotify. Because right. they feel like Spotify's role, I guess, in 
allowing Joe Rogan to kind of do and say what he feels um, has kind of resulted in people feeling like that's dangerous for for the world. <laughs> I guess sure. it got to this point. Uh, so now people are pulling their music off. People are complaining, et cetera, et cetera. And Spotify is actually, uh, they said that they're looking at their subscribers going down a couple thousand because of this mm. situation. So in a nutshell, how do you guys feel about, I guess, the freedom of speech when it comes to podcasts and just the whole predicament of people sure. uh, taking their music and podcast off of Spotify because of Joe Rogan? Yeah, like, mm. let me let me go first if you guys don't mind. I think... Um, go ahead. Yeah, it's it's. I think uh, 2022. We all know what what the the state of the climate of the of this world is with social media. We live in a very outrage focused society at this point. And uh, with mm-hmm. that being said, that doesn't mean that we should minimize outrage and dismiss it. You know, when we see it. However, I do think it's important to look at what was actually said. And assess whether or not there's merit for people to be outraged. And so with that being said, people are upset virtually, and I'm paraphrasing, at Joe Rogan over his anti-vaccine remarks. I'll I'll, Mm -hmm. I'll just say that, right? He said a lot of anti-culture type remarks, right? He said, yo, you guys shouldn't take the vaccine, you know, there's this thing out there called ivermectin. It's a horse tranquilizer. You know, it's mm-hmm. it can help you uh, with your symptoms. I mean, things right. that, like, to your average person might sound like the most wildest thing. But mm-hmm. as we all know, there's evidence to, to support every angle. For example, if I go on Google right now, no matter what my opinion is, I can find some supporting evidence to support my argument. Like, it just is sure. what it is. So I think that's the beauty of Joe Rogan's show, to be quite honest with you. I don't watch it. I just, I've watched a couple things. I know what he's about. He's about creating nuance in conversations. He's about driving a conversation home, playing devil's advocate, you know, making an argument, sticking to it, and just having a dope convo. So with that being said, naturally, that's a, that's a very dangerous place to be in because in 2021, the vaccine is a very, very touchy subject for people. Very touchy. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about, you know, they people are getting mad at Kyrie. People are getting mad at yeah. anybody for coming out and taking a stance against vaccines because they think that you are a part of the problem, why people are dying. Mm-hmm. That's essentially how they position people who are against vaccines. Now, with mm-hmm. that being said, do I agree with Joe Rogan and what he said? No, I, I, I don't. I don't have enough information to even for that to even make any sense. However, mm-hmm. I think the bigger thing here is people see the hypocrisy where Spotify gave Joe Rogan a hundred mil, right, mm-hmm. to do that to do a show exclusively on the platform, and it appears that Spotify is standing behind Joe Rogan. You know, like mm-hmm. it's to the point where they're not even letting people cancel their subscription anymore. Like they're talking about, oh, we having mm-hmm. technical issues. Eh. I, I feel like y'all uh, y'all know y'all stock plummeted 300 per, or however many, but they lost about $303 billion in, in, in actual revenue over that short a, a period mm. of time. Their stocks plummeted in like one day. Right. They're feeling the pressure. People want to cancel. 
Sure. If you ask me not to play conspiracy theories, hey man, they they might be locking y'all in. I don't know if they just talking about we got a technical issue. Like they trying to they trying to stop people from from canceling the subscription. But nonetheless, I can't prove any of that. I think the biggest thing though is I want to ask you guys a question. I want to ask you guys a question. Mm. Where is freedom of speech in this discussion here? Is there a such thing as freedom of speech? Should Joe Rogan be able to have a counter opinion from the mainstream narrative? Because I feel like in Mm. 2022, having a counter argument or counter perspective is no longer allowed. What do you guys say to that? I mean... Freedom of speech to me only goes but so far. I mean, just think about you can't say bomb on a plane, right? Like, so there's a reason why you can't say that. It puts people at risk. It makes you don't know. Somebody says there's a bomb on the plane. Everybody starts stampeding. People get trampled and die, right? Like that genuinely causes a concern for people's well-being if somebody's yelling bomb on a plane. So your freedom of speech only goes but so far until it begins to put other people's lives and livelihood at danger. You know, so to me... Somebody like like Joe Rogan, I think the the bigger issue to me is that a lot of the guests he's having on there, you know, a lot of the conversations are just flat out lies. You know what I mean? Like you can you can talk about you can find any supporting thing on Google and that that's true. But that doesn't mean that the it's an actual fact. Like I, you or I can go on Squarespace right now, create an entire website dedicated to some sort of BS information, and somebody can Google it, find it, and think it's true, right? That doesn't. So to me, that that doesn't make it right. And then when you when you begin to dive a bit deeper into Joe Rogan's guest and some of the people he has on, like the Alex Jones of the world, people who talk about the mass shooting that happened in Sandy Hook at the elementary school, saying that that was a hoax, and he's spreading that information, spreading that lie. You know, imagine you're the parent of one of those children who was lost that day and you're hearing this person on a gigantic platform spew a lie just because he wants to add revenue to his website, more numbers to his podcast and all the other things like that's where it starts to become dangerous. And that's where you have to kind of draw the line, I think, as somebody like a Joe Rogan, Mm -hmm. knowing that you have a giant platform like this. I think when you have, you know, anything, it comes with a, a bit of responsibility. You know, you have to. You know, I, I have no problem with having people who disagree and having the counter argument, uh, you know, having a conversation with that. You know, you can have a conversation with a Kyrie Irving and I don't I wouldn't say cancel Joe Rogan. He's talking to Kyrie. Irving. No. But when you have people on your show consistently who are making a living off of pushing lies and lies that of, could lead to the death of people, you know, you you own some sort of you know responsibility. You have blood on your hands at that point, you know, when you're pushing all of these things. And and to me. Someone like him, he can he can say, oh, I'm just trying to have the counter argument, you know, and that's why people are getting bad. It's like, nah, like, to a degree, you're living in the controversy. You're liking the fact that people are talking about the Joe Rogan podcast. Mm. It's bringing you more attention and more viewership. And just like, you know, the story of, of Icarus, when you fly too close to the sun, you might get too damn close to the sun and burn up at some point. And it seems like that's what somebody like like Joe Rogan is doing. And I think for me, the last thing, I saw that video that somebody put together a compilation of him saying the N-word, you know. Um, to me, that just shows his brashness. Like, obviously, we it's, it's just quick clips. We don't know the entire context. But regardless of the context, you... As somebody who has, you know, is well traveled, well versed, has, you know, is not living in a, a bubble. You're living in Hollywood. Know that you, as a white man, should not be feel so comfortable to say the n word in any context, right? Like you should be doing exactly that. Just because it says you're telling a story where somebody might have referenced it or whatever, you just say the n word. You don't need to say the whole thing. But him, again, 
flying too close to the sun. He's pushing that boundary to see how far mm. he can he can push it. And eventually, man, that's going to catch up with you at the end of the day. Like you have to take responsibility for for everything that you're doing, especially when you're getting that big and your platform is that large and reaching that many people. Like the damage, you know, could be could be immense. I mean, shit. Look at President Trump and the you know the mm. the blood that he has on his hands and the people sitting in jail right now because they followed the nonsense that he was spewing. AQ, if you don't mind, I just want to say something real quick because I, I like where you're going. I was going to bring up the the compilation videos I saw of him saying the N-word like on Twitter because right. um, that's that's an important part of his combo that I think people are missing. You know, everyone's making mm-hmm. this about the vaccine, rightfully so, because Neil Young and a whole bunch right. of other people made that what this was about. But there were other people who were, who were against uh, Joe Rogan who said they want to pull their music off Spotify like India RE. You know, a lot of people don't... Right. You know, they may not be familiar with Indie Ari's catalog. She may not have been an A-lister. She may not be a household name. But she was probably the only person that I saw mention that. It's not a coincidence that she was the only black person on that list, to my knowledge. Mm. Now, with that being sure. said, uh, I told Q before we, up, before we recorded, I said, man, look, you know, nuance is very important here. You know, mm-hmm. people can take compilation clips, uh, compilation video. Make, people can develop a compilation video of eight, everything that you say to develop a narrative yeah. against anything that they want you to say or want to put out there right. about you. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, while that is true, something else can be true, which is, yeah. bro, you shouldn't be saying the word. Why are you mm-hmm. comfortably using this type of rhetoric? It's, it's, right. it's very offensive to the people who are in that community, black people in particular. Mm-hmm. Look at that word yeah. as offensive, demeaning. I'm not going to get into the black-on-black usage of it because that's a whole different debate, but... When, sure. when white people want to just casually use that word, it's it's not cool for that to happen. And I find it mm-hmm. very, very, you know, just absolutely ridiculous that Spotify stands behind Joe Rogan so much that all, mm-hmm. all they said, the CEO came out and all he said was, you know, we stand behind Joe Rogan and he has some uh, opinions that are not of the mass and mainstream. So all we're going to do is put an advisory on his episodes where he's talking about COVID to say that mm-hmm. there are some opinions that you may not agree with. And this is counter mm-hmm. to the mainstream. That's it. It's that money. That's but it. It's that money. The money talks. Right, bro. 100%. But that, exactly. You, they, they made too big of an investment in this man. So what are you going to do? Because like, if he if they cancel the show, I don't think he has to return that check. You know what I'm saying? So like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. what can you do? You got to sell them ads. So what What, what are they, they? They show their cards. It's like that same. Listen, it's Black History Month. You're going to see a lot of companies politicking to the black community. Oh, we stand God, with you in solidarity. All this. Yeah, but when it comes to the money, that's the one thing that they can mm. never look past. And I mean, listen. I've worked. I've done work for Spotify. I know different people there, you know, and I've had great experiences. But to me, again, this shows you where loyalty lies. When when push comes to shove, when money is there, you're going to find out where what really what people really think and what they actually value. Loyalty is to the dollar, man. Not to the not to the mm-hmm. uh, the the well being of the people. Q, what, how you feel about this, man? Well, well you know, I mean, y- y'all said some great stuff, and I, you know, I was just sitting there taking notes and all that. Um, there's a lot of things that are important in this conversation money is probably the most important (laughs) when it comes Mm -hmm. down to it but also taking a stand i think what spotify is doing is taking a stand and in this day and age if you're a company you have to stand somewhere and i think the issue here is 
guess what? Joe Rogan is the most streamed Spotify. Mm-hmm. So in the end of the day, like I think a lot of times people look at statistics and they look at numbers and they're like, okay, 40% of our users are offended, but mm-hmm. 50% of the people that listen to Spotify actually like Joe Rogan's Spotify right. uh, po- podcast. So it's like, I do think, guess what? Right now, Spotify issued that statement because people are just starting to get offended. When those mm-hmm. numbers start to grow, when those people start to actually come out in flocks, when Beyonce comes out and says, I'm taking my numbers off, oh, they're going right. to completely change their statement. Because, sure. you know, it's funny. I always tell people um, with, uh, um, oh, gosh, I keep forgetting his name. Um, but uh, George, George Floyd. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually saw that video maybe like two or three days before it actually got big on the media. And I said, mm-hmm. yo, do you know that there's this situation where there's a cop this, that killed, uh, uh, well, let me put it this way. Let me be politically correct. A cop put his knee on a black person and the person ended up dying. I saw the video and I was like, yo, like, that's crazy. That's insane. Not many people were talking about it. Once it started to get to the news and it started to get to all of these other outlets Mm -hmm. and then the uproar from people started to come, then these things started to change. So it's, you know what I mean? So it's like, eventually I think it's, this whole thing is going to change in about two or three days. Once all these other artists start to come out and it's, it's really statistics. It's really yes, like it's, trying it's, to, is, you know. Yeah, it's this is this is driven off money. I, I want to say this real quick because I think I think it's important to to note that, you know, while I may not be super familiar with Neil Young's catalog, right? I know there's tons mm-hmm. of people who love Neil Young and all the other names who who, sure. who took a stance and said, "Take my music off Spotify." I think the biggest thing that you know we all need to remember is that Spotify makes the vast majority of their revenue off of mm-hmm. the back catalog of musicians. So right. with, the, and, and that's a fact, I'm not making that up. Like th- this is, this is stuff I've read, you know, uh, you know, credible sources mm-hmm. or whatever, but like, you know, and so when artists take a stance and say, you know, we want our music off your platform instead yeah. of Spotify, you know, being sensitive to the matter and saying, you know what, guys, like you guys are like the reason why we make money. Instead, they show support for a guy who they gave a hundred mil to, rightfully so. I get it. He's a huge investment. While these sure. artists are making pennies on the dollar for their streams, right? <laughs> they gave a guy a hundred million dollars who does podcasting, and he has now yeah. become the face of the freaking platform. So this shows me more than anything that Spotify has completely shown their ass that they are now a full-blown podcast company, no longer focused right. on music, even though music is the vast majority of their revenue. I mean, they're, they're essentially showing you where their, their money support, I'm sorry, their, their loyalty lies. And it's all about the dollar, like we said before. It's all about the but dollar. Yeah. Let me, but Q, let you're me on ask, mute. Let me play, oh, never mind. I hear you. Let me, let me play devil's advocate for a second. You know, uh, is this about possibly setting a bad standard for podcasters because i do think this joe rogan thing does set a bad standard you know because in what way if let's say you cancel joe rogan sure it's now 
platforms are now being able to have a say in what you talk about and how you talk. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. if you're going to cancel Joe Rogan, there's going to be other people. You're going to have to go down the list and say, hey, Fresh and Fit Podcast is talking some incriminating stuff. Mm -hmm. You got to cancel them too. You got to also cancel these people. You got to cancel these people. So it's like going back to the whole First Amendment, which I think is bogus. Right. It's, It's... you can't make a rule for one person. You know what I mean? And th- that gotta, same rule has to apply for everybody. Sure. You got to you gotta police it. You know what I mean? Like in mm-hmm. radio, they, they police the content you're putting over the airwaves. You know what I'm saying? You mm. can't curse or you get fined. You mm. you can't mm. in, you know say things that possibly could incite a riot. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's all mm-hmm. kinds of practice you know, and standards that we have to follow on the radio. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. even stuff mm-hmm. that's not cursing. You can't get too sexual in conversation. You have to replace mm-hmm. certain words, you know, with, with the uh, actual like medical term for, you know, somebody's like body parts or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. So the it's the same, like... The reality is we're living with new technology. Social media is the mm-hmm. same thing. They're going to have to police social media because we saw the havoc mm-hmm. that it caused when it came to this election and the amount of misinformation that has been yeah. going on. And literally, it's leading to people losing their lives, losing their jobs, losing their livelihood, you know what I'm saying? Going away I to agree. prison because they're acting off of things that some dude in, in some random state has decided to make up. You know, so... They ha- it has to be police. We can't exist in a world where it's the wild, wild west, you know. And, and the reality is, we don't own these platforms. I don't own Spotify. I don't own Apple Music. I don't own Instagram. So if they tell me the conduct that I am doing does not meet their standards, I'm assed out, just like at a job. You know what I'm saying? Like, would you go to your job and act the way that you would on a Friday night with your boys? I don't think so, right? Like, you wouldn't have a job at that point. There are certain standards that you have to practice while working that job for that particular company. And every company has a different culture, right? Every company, you know, oh, you might be able to just dress casually for this job because we have a different company culture. Other ones, suit and tie every single day type of thing, you know? So I think we have to understand that and we we can't scream First Amendment right for everything when you're dealing with with the idea of like, you know, uh, things that are going out to the masses and could cause, you know, safety uh, concerns for for other people. So, Dramos, I got to give you some pushback, Um, not completely on what you said, but like, okay, you know, the thing is, you know, when I'm not I'm not for censorship. I'm for regulation, Mm -hmm. if anything else here. I don't want to I don't think people should be censored. I think content should be regulated. And so regulation to me should not be up to the companies themselves. For example, in this case, hmm. Spotify, and I, let me back up. I know why this is happening because podcasting is a relatively new space. It's, it's a, we're at like the right. gold rush right now. Like people don't know if podcasting is radio. Is it not? Is it Conda? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like it's on a streaming platform. Sure. There's like this real gray area that podcasting exists in. But what I'm getting at is it, I don't believe it should be up to Spotify to make the rules for regulation. There needs to be a larger body amo- above mm-hmm. everyone else that says sure. we understand what happened on the on the platform of Spotify, but and we understand that Spotify y'all are not going to discipline him the way in which he probably yeah. should. So we're going to do right. it. There should be some type but of you know, arbitration level yeah. to, to make this happen. Like you have the ev- the they, FCC watches over television and watches mm-hmm, over radio, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's there a, you go. That's a governing exactly what body I'm at. that that holds the 
the regulations. And I agree with it. That's why I think the government needs to step in and regulate social media and and have rules and practices, right? You know, but right now, again, like you said, the Wild West, and it also is the companies are the are the only are the only people in charge right now. You know, so we have to hold them accountable until there is some other governing body that holds them accountable. No, hundred percent. But you know, the the thing is, I'm I'm obviously. AQ, we lost you. I can't hear you. Is it just me? I don't hear him. I don't hear you, bro. Did you uh, check your mic, man? <laughs> you you went on mute? Okay, my bad. There you oh, go. Yeah, my bad. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. <laughs> I was going to say the thing is this. It's like the whole reason Joe Rogan's even on Spotify is because he was a controversial figure, a podcaster that was right. raw. You know, that's right. the reason he's even on there. He got that money. And I think that also... You know, I laugh at, you know, NBA has their, their rule, right? Their the uh, low management rule, right? And mm-hmm. A lot of people don't like it, including myself. I'm like, I want, if I paid the money, I want to see the top players. But but guess what? Right. Nobody cares if the ninth person on the bench is not playing. They mm-hmm. don't like it when LeBron James doesn't play. They don't like it right. when Kevin Durant doesn't play. So these rules, it doesn't even matter. It only matters to the top billing people. <laughs> yeah. So... Mm-hmm. Joe Rogan, in a sense, is being punished for being successful. Like you, you get yeah. what I'm saying. So there's like right. a there's you're the like easy a, target, but yeah. but but rightfully so saying? because I, you you bear the most responsibility though 100%. too. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Because yeah. you what, the content you're putting out there is reaching far more people than my mm-hmm. podcast is. So mm-hmm. you should have more mm-hmm. eyeballs watching exactly what you're doing because the potential mm-hmm. damage is that much greater. And I don't have Bingo. a problem with Joe exactly. Rogan being controversial. And and allowing different points of view to be heard. But like there are just particular people, there are particular topics of conversation, uh, particular vaccine remedies that we just know are not real. Mm-hmm. And the unfortunate part is, like we've seen with so many people in this country, there is a great deal of this population that needs to be protected from themselves because they do not understand how the Internet works. They don't understand mm-hmm. how misinformation gets out there and they don't. They, to them, if somebody like Joe Rogan is on a gigantic platform like Spotify getting however many million listeners a day or, or an episode, he must know what he's talking about or somebody would stop him, right? That's a lot of the mindset of a lot of people. So some yeah, people need to be I protected agree. from themselves. I, I, I'm not going to lie, man. Listen, to, we, we could probably talk about this for a long time. I do want to wrap it up. It, right? This is a dope combo. The last thing I'll say is I, you guys would be shocked at some of the stuff that my parents send me on WhatsApp. Like stuff mm-hmm. that is clearly not true that they're forwarding. Somebody sent them and they're forwarding it to me. Yeah. And yo, it's some right. of the most asinine stuff. I'm like, I'm like, y'all don't, y'all don't believe this, do y'all? Like, they're like, mm-hmm. oh no, somebody. It, if you pack, see, and one thing I learned is if you package something the right way, if you make it look right. real, if it's if the person sounds credible when they're saying it, if they speak with uh-huh. authority, your average person who has no idea about that space. Will will yeah. more than likely believe that there's that there's something truthful about that statement when in fact it could be a complete lie, and so with right. that being said, there needs to be regulation on every level. I'm for that. I'm not for censorship. I don't think Joe mm-hmm. Joe Rogan should be canceled, but I do think though he should not be able to say certain things on his platform, including the mm-hmm. N word. If I'm being real, yeah, you should not be. He should not be I allowed agree. to say that. As many times as he said, mm-hmm. I don't care about context in this case. E, sure. the, the hard ER, by the way, not not the A. Like mm-hmm. he's he's been mm-hmm. saying the ER, but anyway, 
let's 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 lighten it up though, man. Let's lighten it up. Next topic. The Super Bowl is around the corner, guys. Uh, mm. I don't know if you guys canceled the NFL. It, you guys still watching football <laughs> or not? <laughs> that's, that's a touchy one too right now, right? They got that's that lawsuit going one. on with yeah, um, the dude from the Dolphins, I think. Yo, doesn't it yeah, feel like everybody's getting boys. canceled these days, man? It's just wild. It's a crazy time we live yeah. in, man. It's just it's interesting. <laughs> I don't know, man. But anyway, this the 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 Super Bowl is around the corner. We got the Cincinnati Bengals versus the LA Rams. Cannot believe yep. the Rams are playing a home game for the Super Bowl. Like this is, mm-hmm. I mean, can you draw it up any better than this, man? Um, let's talk about the actual game first, if you guys don't mind, and then we'll get into some of like the the, the performances that's that's coming up during the event. So, sure. first and foremost, who you guys got in the uh, in the Super Bowl, man? Let's let's start with you, Dramos. I mean, I, I'm torn on this one because I'm, I'm a Bucks fan first and foremost. So I was I've been heartbroken because of what happened with the Rams beating us, but uh, <laughs> I, I kind of see this as you know historically the team that got hot late is the scary team, right? So like the Rams, you know, are a great team. They're someone that people expected to be a part of maybe these final conversations as the end of the season comes along. The Bengals are kind of like that hot team that caught you know steam at the right time. It reminds me a lot of kind of like when the Patriots played the Giants. You know what I'm saying? It was just like oh, yeah. the Giants yeah. were just that team that was um, grimy. They were ready to play. They had you know a chip on their shoulder, and they got hot at the right time, and they took out the team that was that favorite. You know, so mm-hmm. it's tough. I, I I'm gonna go with the Bengals just because of that. My heart tells me the Rams are just too damn good. That defense is too <laughs> yeah. damn good. Yeah. But I just I mean, there's something about. Joe Burrow, the way that that man is is carrying yeah. himself right now, he just seems fearless, and that's what you want in your in your quarterback. I'm gonna pick Bengals, although somewhere in the back of my head is probably like the smarter choice would be the Rams. <laughs> okay, so, Q, what do you think, man? So I, you know, I think the NFL got to change several rules. Yeah, I'm gonna say mm. that. I think they need to take the tie out. I think yeah. they need to change their overtime rules, tweak it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Another sure. rule that I think they need to change. They do not need to take two weeks off for the Super Bowl because what mm. you're saying is right. Cincinnati's hot, but now they got two yeah. weeks to kind of yeah. cool off and that that you know rhythm and all that sure. for a team like the Los Angeles Rams who are be will be have a home game mm-hmm. on top yeah. of that. Unbelievable. Right. I think they because they're so good from top to bottom, defense, offense, all of that. Mm-hmm. They will be be able to overcome that two week period where you're not playing. Sure, I think Cincinnati's they're hot right now. If if it was played this week, I would mm-hmm. pick Cincinnati. But if it's two weeks, yeah. I gotta go with the Rams, man. Mm-hmm. I gotta go with the Rams. So, damn. So let me try to break this tie then, because uh, we, we got here we go. We got one Cincinnati. Well, you're like right. kind of Cincinnati, but you really want to go Rams. I'm, it sounds like. <laughs> I mean, Cincinnati final answer, but like, but yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm still a little torn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, nah, I'm with you guys, man. Like, you guys made great points, especially like the the week off. That is like a strange thing. I do think that has to do with like marketing, right. and you know, they got to get the sure. advertisers involved. They got to draw, you know, build right. the hype up mm-hmm. and, and create the storyline. Yeah, that is a huge right. part of like even just sports in general is the storyline aspect. That doesn't get talked about yeah. enough. It's the reason why like right. NBA has become like a a 365, you know, mm-hmm. well, not every sport, but NBA and NFL have become like all year sure. round, even if they're playing. But um, right. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know, man. There was something special about what I saw with Joe Burrow and, and that team, specifically mm-hmm. that defense, though. Like, people are not, yeah. everybody's talking about Joe Burrow, but like, to see what the Bengals did defensively to stop Patrick Mahomes, I mean, right, I mean, right. there were some plays that I was just like, bro, like, I was sure they were going to lose on a, on a few occasions. But then that defense yeah. stepped up, and, and it really made me think, wow, like, is this a fluke, or should we expect this going forward? And so right. I'm kind of with you, man. My, my head says the L.A. Rams are at home. They, they seem to be a more volatile – not volatile, a more high-powered offense. Um, they seem to be mm-hmm. the more well-rounded team. Their home yeah. game, I'm with you. But I don't know, man. I think I'm, I'm, le- will... I'm leaning more – I would say I'm right now, I'm leaning more towards the Bengals because of – what mm. I believe their defense is – I believe their defense is going to surprise some people. And then I think that Joe sure. Burrow in, in that offense with, like, Joe Mixon and, and, and Jamar Chase, they're, like – they're solid, man. They're, like, beyond solid. Yeah. That, that, that they're, they're like a low-grade version of the other squad where they are a, a good offense and good defense, but maybe not as high-powered as people expect no. the Rams to be. So Ouch. I'm leaning towards Bengals, Ouch. but mm. – I may, I may switch. Too technical. I may switch. You're getting <laughs> I may too switch. technical. This Super Bowl is about will Matthew Stafford show up or not. If Matthew mm. Stafford shows up, L.A. Rams is going to win. If Matthew, mm. so, I think if so, Matthew Stafford starts to do the shaky things he's been doing throughout the year, <laughs> Cincinnati's. So you win. can. That's what it comes. So down you can to. say that. You can say that all you want, but you can say that's technical all you want. That's simply analysis. What I would say is this. Uh, we don't we don't know whether he will, right? We don't know whether that's, or right. not o- Odell Beckham will will be as good as he's been. We don't know if a lot of things will happen. There's a lot of variables, right? Obviously if sure. if uh your boy Mahomes was in this or 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 Tom Brady, people would be like, "Oh, yeah. no, I'm going with them." There's right. some iffy parts about this that we just sure. don't know. So, there's no right or wrong answer here. Like I don't think any, there's anybody who should be Overwhelmingly, the favorite, in my opinion. I think the Rams right. should be. I mean, they're Rams clearly at home, over, so maybe they should be overwhelming favorite. Overwhelming? Yeah. I think they should be the favorite. I don't know if overwhelming no. is the word I would use to this. I think they should be overwhelming favorite. I think we feel good about Cincinnati. It's a cool story. Bro, what's the spread? But they what's the spread the right now? Do you know? Favorite. I don't know the spread because that's important. Know that's that's important I, to I, know. I'm gonna check right. right now. But I think. E- Either way, it's a dope storyline because you have the, mm-hmm. the Bengals who are like the Cinderella team, but then also Matthew Stafford, you know, kind of being traded and like people are kind of mm-hmm. like, yo, he's just is not the dude that can mm-hmm. be a winning quarterback. He doesn't live up to his draft pick, all of the above. And then mm-hmm. now goes Super. to uh, now goes to, you know, a new team and, and is playing in the Super Bowl and potentially wins it. To me, that's like that that Cinderella story as well. Mm-hmm. I think either way, it's an amazing storyline. No, I agree. And I by agree. the way, I'm looking right now. The spread is minus four and a half for the Rams. So they got Rams as mm. the favorite, which I agree with. I know they, they're at home. Which that's a big – that's actually a minus big – it's, it's minus four and a half today. I think that as we get closer, that number is going to go lower, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. The, I don't think it's going to grow. I don't. I, listen, I love Joe Burrow. I love what he's done. Yeah. But he hasn't necessarily done anything that has shown me that he should be favorite in any game. Now, granted, mm. they beat Tennessee. They did well. They beat, but he was not favorite. They beat Kansas City. 
They did well. Not These are surprise wins. Agreed. Like if if he beats LA with Cincinnati, that would be a surprise win. That would be an upset. We know because he has not done anything. Now Matthew right. Stafford, on the other hand, I feel like Matthew Stafford beat the Tampa Bay Bucks. No, he, he did beat San Francisco. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. they were going. I actually had LA beating Tampa. Um, mm-hmm. I thought LA was just the better team in that situation. I had LA beating San Francisco. I just thought that they're, they're just a better team. And I think in this situation, you know, I am very confident in Matthew Stafford, even though I want Cincinnati to win, to be honest. Right. But, but I mean, to, to the point though, about Cincinnati's defense, they beat arguably, arguably the best quarterback in the NFL. Thank like you. one of the hard, you know I, what I mean? Like Patrick Mahomes is that dude, man. Honestly, here's the thing. I actually here, thought Mahomes lost that game. No, I'm probably. I thought he lost. I, I thought Mahomes right, didn't look like Mahomes. I've been hearing that. Say that's the come on. I've been hearing that narrative, and, and I'm not mad at that. I'm hmm. not mad at that. Right. Because it's Mahomes, and he did do some dumb boneheaded plays. I agree. Like there were some sure. things he should not have done. There was a there was a point right. in the first half where they clearly should have kicked the field goal, and they didn't. And uh, mm, you know right. they ended up losing by that exact. You know, so like we get it, but mm-hmm. that defense though, put some respect, man. I'm trying to tell you, like you can say all you mm. want that. That Burrow didn't outright beat the teams. The defense mm-hmm. has stepped up so far. Don't I tell me that's not the case. They have. Don't tell up. me that's not the case. Yeah, but but you. So you fun. believe in Matt? Staff- <laughs> you got your money on Matt Stafford? No, I'm saying pretty much. I'm saying like really, if Matthew Stafford does what he's he he has been doing for these last three games, they're going to win. It's all about Matthew Stafford. If Matthew Stafford doesn't show up then they lose like i i don't think it's about this defense or that defense i don't think it's about yeah joe burrow i actually think this super bowl was all about matthew stafford and what he does i hear you i hear you well mm. well what do you guys think about the performance we know we don't know the outcome of the uh of the actual winner per se we don't know who's going to win right. the game what do, you, what do you guys think about the halftime performance dr dre snoop dogg eminem mm. kendrick mary j blige am i missing someone is aren't those the names uh, I, I think, think uh, isn't Truth Hurts? Truth Hurts Stop is going to be there. Cuckoo <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cow. Uh, who else? Uh, <laughs> who else did Dr. Dre vouch Daddy for? Yankee? I, I think uh, he's on there. Nocturnal is going to be on there. Nocturnal? What do you guys think about that? Uh, like, what are you guys expecting to see, if anything? Mm. You know, first, I, I, I'll start off. You know, I think that's yeah. very bold by the NFL. It's funny because mm. Black History Month and, you know, the whole sure. Brian Flores situation <laughs> and you got all these black people that have to be on stage going to be unapologetically right. black and everything. But right. I think it's pretty bold. I mean, at the end of the day, like, I don't I don't think if I'm not mistaken, this is the first like headlining hip hop act to be in the Super mm. Bowl. I don't think I've seen and this. Yeah, I don't think I've seen it. I do think that, you know, there's yeah, not still all hip hop. Yeah. No, not all hip hop. You see Nelly right. and stuff show up here and sure. there for people's, you know, performances. But right. You know, Dr. Dre is like hip hop, hip hop. Right. Like Dr. Dre makes gangster music. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Snoop Dogg makes gangster music. Eminem is 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 crazy. <laughs> Let me just put it yeah. that you way. call you call Eminem is you crazy. call beautiful beautiful. You call that gangster music? <laughs> Come on, man. He's talking about his gun on this hey, song. I'm going to be honest with you. If I don't hear that song on that stage, I'm pissed. 
I'm just but think about keep, keep going. Think about the executive. CBS is like, okay, uh, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Snoop Dogg, you can only perform the following songs. Beautiful. Right. Drop it like it's hot. <laughs> but like, can you replace the hot with like drop it like it's fun? <laughs> you know, and I'm sure they like censored. You know, they told him you can only perform sure. certain songs. They're gonna be like, please, Mr. Mr. Snoop Doggy Dog, please. Don't show any marijuana, please. We, I know marijuana is in in 2022, but come on, the, the kids are watching. Please, don't Eminem, smoke and, on and stage. Look, here's how I say it. Mr. Eminem, uh, could you please lose yourself? Just keep, just lose yourself and lose yourself. Make sure you just perform Lose Yourself over and over again. And, and, and highlight the, the spaghetti part. And then Kendrick Lamar, Mr. Kendrick. Uh, could you just don't perform at all? Just just be in the background. <laughs> yeah, I think it's gonna be a special night though. I think it's gonna be a special night though, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, man. Really, like that's gonna be real. That might be the highlight of the night. Yo, listen. Yeah. Let's not be. Let's not, if that game is underwhelming, which hmm. I don't want to say that I, I, it's possible, but. It, do I expect a shootout? No, I don't. Like I expect this right. like grit and grind game, just back and forth. I really don't see a blowout sure. happening. It could I see nerves. What's that? I see nervousness. Yeah, exactly. Like so first, it, this may end half. up being a bad game. So that halftime sure. show might actually be the highlight of the night. We'll see. We'll see what happens, man. Yeah. No. I, I mean, I think for me, the only thing. I don't know where Mary fits into this whole thing. To me, that was the one where I was like, all right, y'all just trying to throw throw this in there. It don't make sense to me. You know, I, I would have rather seen like 50 be, be the other person. I would like Ooh. to see. Hopefully, I mean, maybe oh, he'll be the like 50. a special guest. They bring out a surprise yeah. or something like that. But like, I just think to me, Mary is dope on her own. But I think when you're talking about the Dr. Dre legacy and what he's meant for hip hop and music as a whole. Man, I think it's yeah. kind of dope to see all of his understudies, know. you know, there throughout the generations. And then obviously Kendrick being kind of this latest one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think 50 should have been a, a part of that as well. And, and oh, hopefully 50, he comes yeah. out with like Eminem or something like that, but it would have been, would have been dope to see like 50 in the game and things like that, you know, uh, oh, really yeah, to kind of yeah. put a cap on the, the Dre legacy. I feel like. Cause nobody wants to hear no more drama. Right. <laughs> I'm not Maybe trying to hear. Do. I mean, the I'm sure ladies do. You know? Oh, true, true. Yeah, uh, you know, that's what they're. Hey, hey, Q, man. Let the, we let, got the drama though. Hey, Mary's Q. about yeah. the drama. Q, let the ladies rock. She got some upbeat joints too. Yeah. Everything's not super bad. <laughs> Come on, man. No yeah. more drama. No more no, drama. No more drama. <laughs> hey, that got a little bop to it, man. Get the yeah. party, see or whatever that song is called. But you know, you know, you know, the biggest thing to me. How are you going to get all those hip hop acts to be organized? Because you know the Super Bowl mm. is super organized. Right, right. You going right. to get Snoop Dogg and Eminem to be organized? Yeah. Snoop, could you sit over there and stand <laughs> over there and walk over there? <laughs> could you make sure you don't bump into the dancers? Like I, I just don't see those that many hip hop acts being organized. I think it's. I'm scared. Yeah, I'm not I, gonna lie. We'll, I'm scared. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I will say though, I do like the fact that. This is the last thing I'll say before we move on to the next topic. I do like the fact that Dr. Mm. Dre dropped a single with uh, Nipsey Hussle and Ty Dolla Sign. I thought that was a dope song. Like, we actually heard he Dr. Dre yes rapping. Songs. Like, that was kind I was... I got nostalgia. I heard that song this morning, and I was just uh, like, whoa. Like, yeah. you, I don't know. Do you know something? It's something about when Dr. Dre says, still... Still, like in, in his <laughs> verses, he keeps saying, still, <laughs> yeah. I'm still doing but, this, still doing that. I like that, man. 
But you know uh, something that's funny, Ooch? What's up? I was thinking about this because he actually dropped six songs. I, I, I what? reviewed him in Raiders game. He's dropped six. I didn't not even just know that. One. What the heck? He dropped six. But you know what's funny? There's a generation of people that don't even know the importance of Dr. Dre. You have no idea. Right. I like, was going to say, you I don't, no you're idea. not hearing people talk about talk yeah. about him dropping music. Like, if you look, I didn't see it pop up on the blogs like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. they, shit, this new generation doesn't even, like, go crazy when Jay drops a record like that. You exactly. know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, exactly. There's a definitely, you know, that people aren't up on, a gap. on, like, the legends like that. There's a gap. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. And, and like, I, some and people I'm hoping are, who that, is Dr. Dre? Or I'm hoping that, like, right. performances like this will kind of show... His sure. extension, right? Because people love mm-hmm. Eminem, people love K. people love Snoop. I'm hoping right. that like people see that because this is a moment. Best, better believe it. Yeah, and I and I agree yeah. though. I wish Fifty would be on this stage. That that would be dope too. Yeah, uh, music. Hey, Mister uh, Mister Snoop Doggy Dog, uh, ain't nothing but a G <laughs> thing. Could you please like leave that behind? And what about Bow Wow? Can we bring Bow yeah, Wow? Bring Bow Wizzle, <laughs> bring Bow Wizzle on the uh, on the stage here. Uh, uh, yeah, hey, next topic. Let's let's keep it pushing. Uh we'll try to wrap this up uh mm. shortly. Uh Q, you uh I know you feel some type of way about J. Cole's recent feature run. Mm. Uh he's been really going crazy. Benny the Butcher killed that verse on Johnny P's Caddy. I still don't know what Johnny P's Caddy means, but uh he also had uh that feature on uh uh you know YG's newest song with uh Moneybag Yo, Scared Money. Mm. So um I think I know who you're going to mention, but who are some people that you guys are kind of just excited about when it comes to features these days? You know, who who's at the forefront of, of just killing every song to you guys? Q, what do you think? Well, you know, I think it's obvious. There's the obvious ones like Lil Baby, you know, right. Lil Baby. I feel like Lil Baby's on every song. I heard Lil mm-hmm. Baby on a Kirk Franklin song. I heard Lil Baby <laughs> on... I heard him on a techno uh, song uh, the other day. Yesterday. <laughs> I swear. Liar. You're lying. I swear to God, like he was on, a, him on a techno song. It was an EDM record. Like he actually was. Really? I'll send it to oh, you. Wow. He, so he wasn't. Baby, I think he wasn't that bad. He was just slightly bad. Little baby, I think <laughs> is one slightly bad. Twenty one Savage, I think is a uh. is a really good feature. I think the intriguing yeah. thing about J Cole is J Cole goes on these songs with a mission. He's like, yeah. yo, I I want people to know I'm the best rapper out. You know, and sometimes mm. he ends up killing the people on the song, you know, right. kind of making it his own. Um, right. So, you know, it just kind of brings me back to, you know, the, the heyday of hip hop, you know, where sure. if Biggie was on your song, like that was a mm. huge movement. Like, you know, right. uh, you know, Method Man's of the world, DMX, mm-hmm. where yep. they were trying to kill each other. On the song, yep. they cool, cool friends, and you know they can chop it up later. But like the the goal was to to slay a verse, and so right, you know J Cole, I think he's bringing that back. But mm-hmm. there's not many people that are also doing that. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I I see I I get what you're saying with I think Lil Baby's on everything, and I agree he's like the one I can think of where it's like you know he to me I I, I fuck with Lil Baby I think he adds something to the records, but mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. I think that. I mean, I think of somebody like Nikki to me is like the ultimate oh, yeah. verse, like you know, feature killer where she just goes in there and like destroys everybody that's on there and makes mm-hmm. a re- can make a record with her verse. I mean, I think about like Monster, you know what I'm saying? That to mm-hmm. me is just a legendary feature. Ooh, um, yeah. I think, I mean, you got to say the same thing about Drake, you know, when he hops on a record, you know, oh, yeah. I think it, it's a big deal. He usually goes in on that on that verse that he's he's given. And I think, um, I mean, even somebody like, 
two chains you know to me is a dope feature artist because i just think he brings such yeah. a different vibe that it, it is dope to have him hop on a record yeah. um and i can't i'm trying to think of like of people maybe of like of this generation right because it, it, i feel like we're talking about a lot of people from the yeah the previous generations maybe, maybe somebody like a money bag yo just i was I just like about a very to name distinct him. voice he was the, he was the yeah. first one that comes to mind for me honestly right right or Polo G, I think, is like, I think Polo people like G. that who have maybe a very distinct sound that like stands out from anybody else on the record, you know, maybe not as lyrical as somebody like a Cole, but like they just have, when they come on a record, it just sounds different because they have their own lane. I think guys like that are what I'm, I'm seeing for this generation. Yeah, I want to, presence. I want, I want to say, yeah, you got, you're 100% right, man. All those names are making a name for themselves these days, you know, and, and it's funny, mm-hmm. like, Polo G kind of came out of nowhere for a lot of people. I would say Moneybag sure. Yo is probably the most under underrated guy who yeah. I'm not sure if he's quite a household name yet, but he right. on the low kills every feature that he that he does. Yeah. Like I I don't think I've heard a Moneybag Yo feature verse and said he mm-hmm. did not add something to the song. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I mean whether it's a hip hop artist or whether it's a uh you know, or, or whether it's a, um, you know, R&B, it doesn't matter, man. He, he brings a certain flavor to the song that I think is the point sure. we're making here. Like, you know, when you're a feature artist, it's important to really do that. I got some names, though, that feature yeah. a lot that maybe don't mm. have distinctive sounds per se, but they're on every song. Uh, Ty yeah. Dolla Sign is like the number one person that comes to mind. Like, right? He's everywhere. I, 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 he, he, underrated, by the way. I think we, super I, underrated. He doesn't get the respect because he has his own lane. Like, it's like it's not R and B, but it's not hip hop. It's just Ty Dolla mm-hmm. Sign, and and he mm-hmm. sounds dope on like every record. You throw him on a hook, it sounds good. Yo, mm-hmm. Ty Dolla Sign has been one of my favorite guys. I was I was pissed after he dropped uh, Free TC. Uh, I'm sorry. Mm. Uh, I loved Free TC. What I'm saying is like that album was so great. I was like, man, I want to see what he has to do next. He took so long yeah. to really put out another album. I wasn't really pleased with his last one, although it's Ty Dolla Sign. He makes great music. It's just amazing right. to me how he's on every freaking song. It's like he meshes right. well with damn near everybody. And so mm-hmm. uh, from a new school standpoint, I got money back. Yo, man. I, I know yeah. Cole is like the obvious name that uh, is clearly out here dominating everybody's song. But money back, Yo right. is really showing me and maybe showing a lot of people that like, you know, what looks like what, what may be the obvious look for somebody who kills a feature may not be what it is to you. Like he's this country dude who right. you'll be surprised at like the right. flavor he brings to, to songs. So yeah. Sure. You know, another person that I think could definitely take that crown for the new generation, Jack Harlow. I think Jack mm. Harlow, when he mm, hops on the song, he definitely makes his presence known. You know, right. he, well, he's got his own he, lane. I, mm-hmm. I think that's what it is. I, I think mm-hmm. when, when we think about, because Cole, to me, is, is a part of the previous generations of the Kendricks and the Drakes. Yes. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. so when you talk about the and lyrics, you know, ly- lyricism was was still he- in, held in high regard during that time, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But when you think about this new generation, I think it's more about uniqueness than it is about actual lyricism, you know, which is yes. to each his own. and. Yeah. And I think it's it's how do I how do I sound different than everybody else at this point? And I think you know I think you bring up a a good point with with people like Jack Harlow, which I think he I think he actually does you know have some lyricism to him, but he sounds mm-hmm. completely different than anybody else that's out right now. So you feel it when he gets on a track, exactly. And I think that exactly. was the I think that was and is still the appeal of Lil Baby. 
You know, it's like right. he's right. this guy, he kind of slurs, but he's flowing and he has all these different styles and he's actually saying sure. stuff that maybe hits home. Then he's this hood dude. Then he's also this guy who, right. like, he wasn't even supposed to be here, like we talked about earlier in the episode. Right. Like, he's this unexpe- yeah. un, you know, un, unassuming guy. And so, yeah, man, there's, there's, there's that appeal right. with a lot of these dudes, you know? But Th- you know, that you know something, about, something about Lil Baby, I will say, that it's not his fault, but I think people have gotten lazy with little baby features. Mm. Like I well, think he, now they the just, bro. you know what I mean. He's the guy. So now they just he's like, the guy. And he's there to take an easy check, hey, yo, right? It's like a two way street. You know what I mean? Hey. Like it's just like, hey, I'm a hey, hey, this song. I, hey, let's just throw this song. It's gonna sound like a little baby right. type song. We don't even care what anybody else says. Just let him do his <laughs> hey, thing, listen. and people are gonna care about. Yo, it. honestly though, people were saying the same thing about Lil Wayne during his run. You I was just people yo, saying I was the same thing about Lil Wayne. Same let's not, let's thing. not act, see, True. but see, remember, like, yeah. I mean, we, clearly, we all are around the same age range, and we remember yeah. like the heyday of Wayne. I remember right. vividly being in in the Wayne era and being like, bro, like he's on fire, but like I don't think he killed this. Like it, he, it sounds all right, right? Like, but that's what I mean. He was, <laughs> he he was right. hit or miss. You didn't know, like Wayne. It was like all right, yeah. he definitely phoned this one, and other ones a bit. Like, Yo, he murdered it. Like See? sometimes he was talking yeah. nonsense, and like there was no yeah. real, co- you know, collection of thoughts in what he was saying. And other times he killed it. So. I think it's the same thing. He was just doing so many damn verses. You know, to me, exactly. it's very reminiscent of Lil Baby. And it's more about energy than it, it is, is, you yep. know, anything else with them. People want to, and it's like you didn't even care. The swag. That's it's, right. it's the it's the aura. Exactly. It's, they just want the flavor on their song. Like, I bring exactly. up the, even the, right. the new Nicki record with, uh, with him. I don't think Lil Baby mm-hmm. had this amazing verse, in my opinion. And he did, the sure. promo leading up to that, Nicki Minaj was tweeting, Yo, Lil Baby, he bodied this. Bro, I heard the song and I was like, it was okay. Like, you know, he didn't really do anything super left field. Like, thought it was solid. But he's been he's been okay. Like his his features right. the last couple have been okay. Like the yeah. one with Roddy Rich, uh, it's okay. Yeah. You know, the other one, there was the one with I think uh Gunna. Yeah. yeah it's okay. It's par for, right. you know? it's par for the but course, man. It's like, you know, that's why I said they're getting a little lazy with little baby. Come on, you gotta you gotta make yeah. little baby feel a little uncomfortable. If you're gonna pay that what three hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> whatever it is, throw man. some right. experimental sounds in there for little baby. That's why I love make them sweat that's a little. That's why I love bit, that you know? Kirk Flink, Kirk Franklin song. And, that, and I swear I'm gonna send you, I'm gonna send both of you guys that EDM record I'm talking about. I for couldn't sure. believe yeah. I heard little baby on this, but yeah. Um, yeah, man. I think we reached the end of the show. I know we all got stuff to yeah. do. Uh, you know, I know we had another topic, but eh, it's all good. We, we we can debate about it on social. Maybe you know, maybe we can have you on the next episode or or another episode, or maybe we can come on your podcast, Dramos, and chop sure. it up. You know, uh, but yeah, man, uh, you got anything that you want to plug? Where can they? Where can the people find you on social media? Talk to them, man. Everything is uh, at DJ Dramos. So Instagram is probably where I'm the most active at DJ Dramos. Obviously, you got the podcast. Uh, life as a gringo, which you know, obviously is is me seeing life through through my lens, you know, as a American born Latino. But I think a lot of the messaging is pretty universal. You know, it's a lot of just personal growth. It's a lot of finding your authentic self, finding your voice, and and you know, trying to exist in this world and 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 better yourself just a little bit each and every day. So you know, I think um, there's something in there for for everybody. Uh, you know, as well. And man, a lot of stuff on the way. I'm really excited about a lot of creative projects. So just tap in, you know, at DJ Dramos on them socials and, uh, you know, keep up with what I'm doing. 
dope love it dope hey man this is a dope conversation because i you, you know we absolutely you know not many people can keep up with us when we talk about politics music. <laughs> you kept up like it and no, did something no, i loved, it. Like, so loved it, was, it. i appreciate it loved it bro man, that was no nah, that was i had a lot of fun man definitely i would love to come back sometime y'all let me know oh yeah for sure I hope, yeah soon yeah, you know I, I might call off sick one day, and you and Uchi can go out, <laughs> <laughs> or, or vice versa. You know, hey, whatever yeah. we, we can make it happen, man. Hey, listen, follow me U C H A Y V A on all platforms: Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I don't use Facebook. Hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. We can chop it up. Follow Q D Z. What? What? Come on, give me your socials, Q. I don't. You, you uh, switch yours often. I don't even know what, what is it, it is. Q D isn't available on Twitter. Uh, AKA Q D <laughs> wears Hermes. Um, and uh, yeah, check me out on Instagram. I, I'm barely active on that, but check me out anyway. Check me out at your local grocery store, broccoli and cauliflower section. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you see if you see me buying some broccolini or mangoes or any type of produce, say what's up, man. Like, don't, be local, a, don't be a stranger. Your local you feel grocery me? store, grocery store, grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> DJ, DJ, DJ Q, DJ Q. DJ Dramos, Dramos, Dramos. Yo, listen, man. This has been a dope, man. We really appreciate you for for stopping by, DJ. Uh, DJ Dramos, man. Uh, of course. You know, we reached into the show. And on that note, if you're giving advice, make sure that mother sucker is ill. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs>